It's okay. There we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome, Amazon sellers, to this edition of the Amazon Seller Happy Hour presented by Riverbend Consulting. I am Leslie Hensel, your hostess. Uh, I am co-founder of Riverbend Consulting and here to talk about issues facing our sellers every single day. And today we have an awesome guest who is going to talk to us all about what to do with that pesky inventory. You've got stuff somewhere at Amazon, things that aren't selling, things that you don't know what to do with it. There are strategies for this that are more important than ever right now, because if you've got a restock limit, you've got an inventory problem. So I have with me Brandon Dubsky and Brandon is CEO of Backtrack. Hey, Brandon. Hi, Leslie. Great to see you today. Thanks for having me. I am so glad you are here. So let's start out just by framing the issue and talk a little bit about why this is an issue because you know there's a lot of returns that go to Amazon people don't know what to do with their returns there are times you've got restock limits what are the most pressing issues you see that have customers needing services like this yeah so um, customer returns is one of those things that I identified as a huge problem that nobody was really paying attention to um, and it's one of those things where I've been in e-commerce for 23 years and so I've kind of watch you know the trends and so forth but this is something that nobody was focused on and I have a background in logistics and, and inventory and su supply chain management so I kind of paid attention to this and and customer returns is on in the US is 141 billion dollar problem just for online customer return and that's just per year and that's just the cost of the product wow. and so if you take into consideration shipping and extra boxes and all the people in the warehousing it's actually a $550 billion cost and, and loss, profit, so to speak, within the USA every year. And the other big thing about this is, is it's growing 21% per year. And so it's just, it's just, it's off the rails. And there's really hasn't, there hasn't been a good solution for Amazon sellers. You know, I've been a seller for Amazon since the very beginning when they started third-party selling. Um, I'm familiar with the space in e-commerce for 23 years, so I know the seller's needs. And I'm like, well, this is a, this is a problem that needs to be solved. Um, and so I, in three, three years ago, my, uh, my business partner and I decided we're going to go after this beast and try to tame this thing and solve it for sellers. But also, you could talk about the environmental issues um, mm -hmm. as well. Okay, so backtracking just a little bit to something mm -hmm. that you said a minute ago. Um, so... It, it's this massive problem financially. It's a huge issue. Like you said, there are environmental problems, um, but I don't think most sellers even understand in their business how much of a problem this is because of the growth. So you, you talked about growth, I think probably, and tell me what I'm missing because I know I'm missing some. People are more willing to do clothes and shoes than they were in the past. So there's more returns for that. They are more willing to do uh, to buy online because of COVID. So they are buying things that they didn't have products they didn't buy before. So they're like, Oh, this isn't what I thought it was. Um, what are some other reasons for the growth? Because 20% growth is massive. Yeah. We, well, that's, that's e-commerce growth, right? So e-commerce is growing at 21%. So I'm, we use the same statistic for returns growing at 21% year over year. So that just means that. Um, and, and so if you look at the, the, I didn't tell you the number, it's $39 billion just for Amazon third-party sellers. Wow. So $39 billion per year product is returned. And that's growing at 21% per year. So that's going to become almost $50 billion this year. 
And with COVID, like you said, it actually doubled. So, you know, e-commerce grew faster because of COVID, and so so did the return. And so this is a, this is a problem where, you know, everybody's kind of trying to catch up on. And sellers are finally realizing in the past they used to have very limited options, very limited options. A lot of sellers come from other countries such as Australia, China, UK, you know, Canada. They don't have a destination to ship their returns to. So Amazon said destroy mm -hmm. or ship to an address. They only gave them two choices. And so most of the time it was destroyed. So, you know, we discovered when we went out to the market and told people what we were doing, they were excited because they had no other option before. This was something that people are like, holy cow, now I can at least get something for my money where I was actually just destroying it and getting zero. And there's a lot of economic, you know, rewards for that, such as if you're trying to sell your company or you're just trying to recover lost profits. Wow. And when you say $39 billion Amazon only, no wonder their returns grading is so bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's something they can't keep up with either. It's, it's a problem for everyone. There must be just a mountain in every warehouse that they're continually sorting into the different piles, right? That's just absolutely nuts. Okay, so talk some about liquidations because I know Amazon pushes its own liquidation product or service, whatever you want to call it now. Um, and I'm going to just maybe be a bad person and make the assumption because you're not supposed to assume, but I'm just going to assume that um, using a vendor for this would probably be a superior experience to using Amazon since Amazon can't even sticker people's inventory, right? So yep, yeah, this is a solution that Amazon just recently came up with. So you're right. It's fairly new. And we actually tested it out and we had some of our clients test it out. We wanted to see, Hey, what, what is this going to be like? You know, what is, what's it, what's, what's it doing? And we found out that you get very little for your money, first of all. So it's pretty much a guaranteed low ball result. Um, and it does take a while, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. But also the flow of your product, you lose control of the flow. So Amazon says that um, people who buy from us will not be able to resell it on Amazon. And that's a very big deal for Amazon sellers. They don't want their products back on Amazon. Because right. it's not a brand name, it might even be the SKU's still alive. You know, they just don't want that product back on there for various reasons. And so um, with the liquidation scenario on Amazon, um, they don't have control of that because um, after it comes from the second first, first person to the second person, they lose that control. So all these resellers buy from these, you know, liquidators that buy from Amazon and then they put it back on Amazon as best as they can. Oh, absolutely. We have tons of clients that we've seen who they give us invoices that are specifically from the Amazon liquidation companies that buy out of the warehouses and they flip it back and they end up reselling, you know, coffee makers with coffee grounds in them because they never opened the boxes. <laughs> oh, it's great. It is, yeah. And then they don't know why Amazon, you know, rejects their invoices. Well, I don't care if it's from Amazon, it's liquidation and Amazon isn't tracking the provenance of that item through this whole process. So they're just going to say, nope, but you're right. If you care about your supply chain and you care about making sure that these items don't show back up, if you use Amazon liquidations, a lot of them will probably end up in Amazon warehouse deals. Yeah. And I give Amazon credit for attempting to solve the problem because they mm -hmm. identified this as a major problem, just like we have. And so right. good for them for trying and, you know, they have a solution that they're offering, you know, they have to offer something simple for everyone. So it's hard to offer anything customized. So the thing that we do that's different, obviously, is we take, you know, I'm a seller, so I care about seller's needs. I care about helping the seller, you know, with their business and, and growth and just the brand reputation. And so we actually will sell their product off market. 
other markets, alternative markets. So we sell it on eBay, on Wish, on Facebook. Um, we can sell on Walmart. We actually have a physical retail store that we sell these products in as well, so people come and just buy it here locally. So we do a lot of local you know, promotions and sales on Facebook and get that local customer to buy it. And so that's a, a way to keep it off of Amazon. And then the other side effect that I we, we came across is its brand expansion or brand awareness. So sometimes we'll liquidate, like we liquidated 11 pallets of a product for somebody that had a branded product, but they didn't want these products to sell on Amazon anymore because of economics. But they still had a, a catalog of other products under the same brand. Well, once we sold this to a retail chain, now they're getting their brand in front of new customers. And so that was actually a bonus for, for letting us liquidate their product for them, is brand expansion or awareness um, to kind of overcome the, the loss in, in, in money, so to speak. What an interesting idea. Okay, and we should probably backtrack a little because we didn't set up. Some sellers may not even know that now Amazon has an option when you're removing inventory. Um, like Brandon has said, that you ch you choose from destroy it, which they don't destroy it, y'all, uh, a lot of the time. <laughs> Um, that can mean it goes to Amazon warehouse deals. That can mean they liquidate it and you get zero for it. That can mean it goes in the trash um, if it's a consumable or something similar. Um, or you can have it returned to you. Um, and then this third option that Amazon has added is they say that they will liquidate your product for you. And not all your products are eligible for that. So you said you did a test mm -hmm. and financially it wasn't great. Was this like pennies on the dollar? Because that's what I've assumed, but I, I have no experience. So I do not know. It was less than 5%, I think, if I recall. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, you're not doing it to make money. You're not even going to recover a lot of money. You're just, you know, you're getting it off the books. And so it's almost like this story with just a small plus. Right. You're not paying the 50 cents to get it back. You're not um, going to have it destroyed where it's going to pop back up in an Amazon warehouse and you might get a few bucks. So yep. I... So it's better than the alternatives for a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, if you have low cost items, low cost items, you know. Right, right. So when you are are liquidating for someone, uh, does it matter the category? Are they having to say to you, "Hey, Brandon, I'm in housewares, or I'm in whatever the the case might be"? Um, is this stuff you can get rid of, or do you liquidate just about everything? Um, almost everything. So we turned down some people today um, based on product condition or product uh, types and so forth. So we don't like consumable products. Um, we don't like things with expiration dates. Um, and we don't really, we try to stay away from the supplements space um, for, for various reasons. And so there are certain products that we, we won't do. But honestly, you know, that we still, there's still 80 to 90 percent of the market, you know, we, we, we can still handle. So home goods is a huge category for us. Um, we do a lot of electronics. Um, electronics, we do actually a lot of customer return, repair, refurbish. So not necessarily liquidation in that sense. Um, and then we do a lot of, you know, some pet items, some, you know, a lot of home goods. I already said that. But a wide variety of products. So when, if I wanted to work with you, am I like removing my inventory to your warehouse? Is it that simple? Oh, I try to make it as simple as possible. People... After they they, they, um, they sign up and they're like, holy cow, this was too easy. I, I must be missing something. And I'm like, no, we're ready to go. So um, we have a we have a form that people fill out and it takes less than five minutes. You know, all I want to see is what kind of product it is to make sure that that's something that we want to bring in. You know, 
Um, and then also just quantities. You know, I can't, you know, I don't want three truckloads of something that we can't move either because it's just too much. Um, like I was talking to somebody yesterday who can send us 20,000 pieces of clothing every month. Um, and so, and, and it's all returns. So, I mean, we do have some areas where we want to just make sure that we think we can perform. After that, it's like, you're in. Here's your address. Ship it to us. And after that, you know, just wait, wait a month or two. And we'll, you know, every month we run a report at the 10th of each month. Um, and here's how much we sold of your product. Here's how much you get. So we do it in a rev share um, situation. It's a partnership. So we really, my goal is to sell it for as much as I can, as quick as I can, because that's how we get paid. Mm -hmm. And that's aligned with your goal in most cases. And so, um, you know, we're on the same page. And then we just split net profits 50-50. So it's, it's basically we're motivated just like you are to, to move it eventually. So I'm assuming that part of this is like a returns grading process of your own, that you get the stuff at your warehouse and you're sorting it and you're deciding where to sell it, what condition you can sell it in so you can maximize that rev share. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, with regards to liquidation, everything's kind of new. So there's not really much inspection needed at that point. It's more of a just a liquidation sell. But we do get, we get, we get, we've got about five to 600 sellers right now who are sending us customer returns every week. And so every day we're getting pallets and pallets of product in from Amazon or UPS or FedEx. And um, I have a team of techs who basically have to open that box. It's like Christmas every day. You know, they open the box, they see what's inside, they inspect it, they grade it, they take photographs of it, they show the condition of the product in the box. And we have an online dashboard where sellers can log in and see it real time live. So they can go in and see the condition of their items. And the beautiful part about that is, is we help sellers learn why people are returning the product as well. So it's insight that they never got before. Um, and we, I've had a call with somebody just yesterday and we do video calls and here's your product and here's what we think's wrong with it. Here's where you can make it better. Here's why it's getting returned. Here's a defect we see a lot. And so those kind of discoveries help them make the next batch better. Um, and so that, yes, so we go through that cycle and then based on the condition of the product, the type of product, then it will go through what we call the resale cycle and the recovery cycle. And it'll go online, you know, either on, you know, all those different marketplaces or we'll sell it in our store. So counsel sellers a little bit about when to cut bait. And what I mm -hmm. mean is I think we have all held on to some products so long that it's grown legs and become a pet. It's our remote pet in the Amazon FBA warehouse that we just remotely pet every day. And we look at it and we try sales and we try marketing it, marking it down. It's just a loser. It's a loser or it's something that there's too many other people on the listing and it's never going to move. And it's, it's uh, jamming you up inventory wise. So do you ever talk to people about this? Like, you know, dude, you need to cut bait on this or no, hang on to it for a while longer. I mean, because you, you deal with so much of this, I'm sure that you probably see these situations and counsel people more than the average guy. Every day, every day. So there's, I say there's probably like two, two big reasons, let's say. There's two big reasons or two scenarios here. One scenario is economics. So the economics to sell a product on Amazon is different than the economics to sell it on eBay, Wish, Facebook, and, and locally. And so um, sometimes you might have a really nice product. I see this all the time. Really nice product, very good, you know, well-made, well-built, well-marketed, great brand. They just can't get found in search. They can't get high enough in search. They can't sell their product because of that. And so the economics fall apart. 
And we see that a lot. So we get a lot of great products come in that just don't work on Amazon unless you want to spend a lot of money to climb up and search. So those are items that are that sell great in other categories, other markets. We can sell it for just a little bit less on eBay and and help them get their money back quicker or get a better return. That's scenario one. Scenario two, which is probably more what you're thinking, is I, we call it the ugly baby syndrome. So um, sometimes people have, everybody has babies, right? It's their baby, but um, when it's your baby, it's beautiful. It's cute. It's the cutest baby in the world, right? But Sometimes you have to be honest and just say, I'm sorry, you've got an ugly baby there, right? And people don't want to admit it or don't want to believe you. And so sometimes I have to tell people they have ugly babies. Um, in this case, it's a product, right? But, 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 but when you spend so much time, you know, sourcing it, building it, it's got your brand name on it, it's like a baby to them, right? It's your baby. And so, you know, so the ugly baby syndrome is, is, is the, the other problem we see a lot of. And it's just, it's a dog. You have to, you know, cut bait, like you said, Get it out of your system. Get some money back and focus on another winner. Go get the next winner. And that's hard for people to do sometimes. Right, because cash flow is a real thing. And so are restock limits. And I think in the past, when it was just the cash flow, people were more willing to hang on to it longer, not question it, just deal with the storage fees, whatever, because they're convinced it was going to sell. But now when you throw restock limits on top of it, it's just not worth it because you could get something else in there that does turn for you in higher quantity, especially like for holidays or whatever, and rent a promotion and sell a bunch of it and create some cash to make up for the the, the ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Now the restock limits has been a huge push, you know, for liquidations and made, made, made the need for our service, you know, even more. I, I love that you use a rev share model um, because that is to me, the big thing as a seller is when I hear that, I hear that Brandon is going to try and maximize what he gets for this. He's not just going to dump it at a flea market unless it's only a flea market kind of product. Which y'all, there are free flea market kind of products, but like if Brandon can sell it on eBay, he's going to want to sell it on eBay because then his company is going to make more and then I make more. So I, I love that approach. That's fantastic. Yep. I I want to feel like I'm in the same boat as the, the, the sellers. With all those ugly babies. With all these ugly babies we're trying to sell. (laughs) They're not all ugly. Well, and you make another great point too about the environmental waste. So um, if, if you've got, uh, products out there in the Amazon warehouse and you just feel bad hitting that delete button, how, you know, the, the kill it, throw it away button. There've been some really big exposés out there by the media where they followed the trucks from Amazon and see them dump the stuff in the landfill and then somehow gone through the stuff at the landfill. And I, I know a lot of times we talk internally on our team since we've got a lot of ex Amazon and they always point out, some of that stuff is counterfeit and Amazon doesn't have a choice. They're dumping it because it's counterfeit. They cannot That's resell true. it or recycle it. Um, they can't sell it on the street in New York city and claim it's an actual coach purse spelled differently like other people. So some of it is counterfeit, but the rest of it, it it's not. And so it's, it is upsetting to see stuff just go straight into the landfill. So if there is a way to make that not happen, that's, that's pretty exciting. So I've got stats, statistics, um, Online customer returns in the U.S. is creating 5 billion pounds of landfill waste per year. So this is the stuff that does get thrown away after it's returned by the customer. 5 billion pounds. Um, And if you put it into a carbon footprint, it's 15 million tons of carbon emissions. 
per year. So those are, you know, those are some big numbers that, that is also something we're trying to solve. This is one of those things, you know, we're going to make a small impact on this piece of the, you know, the environmental issues. Um, and we're, we're pushing, we're, we're um, I've got somebody in house and on my team actually working on how do we message ourselves better at this because we do a good job of stopping products from going to landfills and we do all these other things to help reduce waste. Why don't we talk about it more? And so I've done a bad job of talking about that over the last three years, and I've got an employee that's going to help me do a better job of it soon. Well, I think it is a message that resonates with sellers more, and um, I'm I'm not a huge environmentalist. I should be more of one, but I will tell you that those exposés on Amazon I found upsetting. So mm-hmm. for someone who that's not one of my like top five issues in life, uh, if it upset me, then I would think it would upset just about everybody <laughs> since I'm not I'm not the key market to, you know, to gear that piece toward. It was pretty shocking. Um, yeah, yeah I thought, it's, it's a lot. I saw that documentary and my or documentary where they put tracking devices back in the return boxes of the product. They hid it in the product and then they went to see where the product went afterwards. And they were, some of them were landfills and destroyed. Brand new product. Yeah. And, and then the other, the other problem also just as a, as a seller, I would personally feel a lot better sending my product either to you, someone like you or someone like a prep center to returns grade to decide what to do with it. Um, I used to grade my own stuff, have it all sent back to myself. We would go through all the boxes. We don't do that anymore from, from a time perspective, but y'all, you cannot trust Amazon's returns grading just because they say, if they put a whole bunch of your units into unsellable and say it's garbage, that doesn't necessarily mean that is true. And you could just be telling them to throw away stuff that should not be thrown away. It's just a fact. I I guarantee it's not true because that's what we're dealing with. Unfulfillable inventory. And, you know, we're on a billion dollar mission to, to save e-commerce in the sense that we want to save a billion dollars worth of products going into the landfill. Um, and, and we've done at least three million so far. So we, we know that unfulfillable doesn't mean it's unsellable. My favorite, uh, we shrink wrap a lot of the stuff that we send to the warehouse. And my favorite is when they tell me something is unsellable and damaged and they send it back to me and it is perfect in the shrink wrap, just like perfect just like when we shrink wrapped it and sent it in and uh i i understand it's because like you said the mass amounts that they have incoming but amazon's return grading is has never been good let's face it uh but with the volume it's just going to get worse so you know that if you click that button y'all you're sending money down the drain because for all you know that could be a whole lot of sellable product that they are telling you is not sellable just don't believe it yeah i mean we sell thousands per week and I send lots of money to these sellers every month from reselling their stuff. Um, and so this is money that they typically wrote off. in Right. Those and this is also a lot of people are getting rolled up and bought by aggregators these days. Right. Um, and aggregators look at your bottom line. They look at your bottom line and give you a multiple. So if we help sellers increase their bottom line, we help sellers multiply that when they sell them their companies. So what kind of volume does someone need to do for this to make sense for them? Uh, so to be honest, I, we're not we're not focused on that. We're set up so automated. We've got such an automatic system that once they're in, we have a dashboard. I have a team. They know what to do. I, you know, so we take everybody who's just, we take people who are just starting off. They don't even have an item sold yet on Amazon. They can actually you know they got containers going in or product coming in. They've got their 
listings ready. They sometimes they sign up because they hear about us, and then you know about a month later we start getting returns. So we don't we don't worry about the size, but we also have companies who are over 150 million dollars a year using. So you know we have both ends of the spectrum. That's really exciting for me because I'm a small seller. But honestly, this is an issue I just don't have time to deal with anymore. When it was when most of my time was spent on my selling account, I had time to deal with it. But now that's not the case. And I, there's nothing I want less in the world than to have a whole bunch of randomly shaped packages from Amazon, like stacked up against my front door. I know you've seen this before, Brandon, where like the UPS guy comes and just starts throwing envelopes and boxes at the door and they're all something you had to have returned and it's it's a mishmash and it's terrible. So we get the UPS truck every day, the big one, right? The big UPS truck pulls up every day to our dock and it's just thrown in there. That's how the truck comes to us. And so that's how the boxes come to us. We when you say mish, mismatched, you know, boxes. That's what it looks like around here every day. Yeah, it's it's hilarious when they send returns because none of it makes any sense. It's I have been told from someone who worked in the warehouse that it is literally whatever they've decided that they have excess packaging. So if they have a certain size box or a certain size padded envelope in the fulfillment center that they have too much of and they haven't used used, they will use that for returns. Also, uh, inside of Amazon, y'all, the people who do this, who send out returns, uh, they consider them garbage. Mm -hmm. So to them, this is literally garbage that they're throwing away. They do not pack it in such a way that they believe this is valuable product you can resell. They they literally treat it like the garbage. So that's why it comes back so randomly, which is one more reason you should probably call Brandon instead of having it returned to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We see some crazy packaging jobs. I, I, I did some videos on our blog posts, you know, about some stuff that we see and we open. We see crazy stories like that all the time. Yeah, I've gotten boxes that were definitely over the 50 pound limit. <clears throat> and then I've gotten like a giant box with like one tiny thing in it that's rattling around. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's a crazy world in the Amazon warehouse. Okay, so if people want to learn more about you and your services, where should they go? So um, they should go to Backtrack. It's uh, actually gobacktrack.com. Um, and that's where you can easily find out more about us. Um, we're located in Lincoln, Nebraska. Also, you could use my email, which is sales at back-track.com. But you'll find you'll find a form right there on our homepage. Um, it asks two or three questions. Um, all I want to do is, is just take a look at the product real quick to see if it fits in our model. 99% of the time it does. And um, you'll be surprised. The next day you'll be in our system. You can log in. You can see our dashboard. You can set up us, us up as the return address. Do that in five minutes, and in about a week or so, we'll start receiving products from all these different warehouses, and um, my techs will start inspecting them, and they'll start seeing what's going on. It's easy. It's just super easy, and that's what's crazy about it. That is super exciting, and y'all take advantage of something like this where you've also got someone who might tell you why you've got a problem, like with a PL product. We've had sellers before who they ship stuff directly to the warehouse. They never see it. The manufacturer ships directly for them, and so they'll get a lot of feedback that there's a problem with the product, and they don't necessarily believe it because they think the seller's just trying to get a free return, and then when they get it back in their warehouse, they find out, oh, yeah, it did have paint chips or... <laughs> It, it yeah. what did have a broken hinge or whatever. So uh, if you have another person who's a little bit removed from your organization who can say, dude, I'm seeing that all of these are broken. 
uh, yeah, it's really true. It, it is really helpful. That way you can improve your manufacturing and improve your ASIN. So I also love that there's that feedback element here. That's that's a big added value for someone like me who does uh, reinstatements on ASINs all day long. Yeah, yeah. It, it, people love it. You know, when, I, when we send them that little bit of feedback, here's what we've noticed. If you change mm -hmm. this, you'll get you know, less returns, which is bad for us, but good for them. Um, but you get less returns if you fix this. Um, we tell them all the time they love that surprise when that happens. So y'all go check it out at gobacktrack.com. And thank you so much, Brandon, for joining me. This has been super awesome. I always love learning about new processes. My pleasure, Leslie. It was great chatting with you today. I love talking e-commerce with everyone. So everybody, if you found this to be helpful content, please do the things, which is follow us, like us, connect, do all that stuff uh, so that you can see more content coming up all the time. And mm -hmm. as always, y'all, happy selling. Happy 